coming up on today's Locked On Dodgers, Matt Beatty was designated for assignment. Clayton Kershaw might have a changeup, and Miguel Vargas hit a baseball really far. That's what's on tap, so make sure to keep it Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. I want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. We are free and available wherever we get podcasts and on YouTube. So make sure to check us out simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, just subscribe and you'll never miss a day because you know we're not going to. There's your first time listening. I'm Vince Samperio, Show's Reading Fiends. That's Jeff Snyder, Baseball Essential. And we are lifelong Dodger fans, just like you. But we've also spent time covering the Dodgers in the booth and in the press box and in the locker room. But we're not quite insiders, so we still are able to bring you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue every single weekday morning. Go ahead and subscribe, and let's talk some Dodgers. All right, Jeff, so we got some clarity. Uh, I talked about Hanser Alberto yesterday. Um probably officially signing soon. And I don't think any of us were expecting what happened in terms of who was moved off the 40 man roster. Matt Beatty was designated for assignment and the Dodgers now have teams have can claim him. The Dodgers have 10 days to trade him if he is claimed or if not, if he clears waivers, he could come back to the Dodgers. Uh, but it does seem like maybe Matt Beatty's time in LA might have come to an end. Yeah, it, it seems likely. And it, uh, it was surprising, like you said, although in hindsight, maybe it shouldn't have been surprising or not that surprising. You and I, we've talked several times in the last few weeks about how Matt Beatty was likely to be a casualty of this roster crunch. Uh, it, we didn't necessarily expect him to be the first DFA up uh, on the list, but uh, I don't think if you had told either of us three weeks ago, Matt Beatty's not going to be on the Dodgers opening day roster and he might not and he's not even going to be still in the organization. I don't think that would have shocked either of us. It's more the way it came about. Uh, you and I were texting right after it happened. And I told you, I wouldn't be surprised if they already have a trade in the works that would involve Beatty. Cause like you said, they do have time to trade him uh, even before they have to put him through waivers. They can trade him. Uh, if not, then they have to put him through waivers, all, all that. But uh I wouldn't be surprised if either they have a trade in the works or they've explored the trade market and uh, realized that there wasn't a big trade market for him. And so, uh, you know, at, at that point, you you cut bait and uh, give him a chance to catch on with another team, I guess. Cut bait. Uh, but, yeah, it seems, you know, at this point, Matt Beatty seems destined for one of those bad teams that has – slash payroll or, you know, the team like the A's, the team like the Reds, the team like the Guardians who, you know, could all use a bat in their lineup. He'd be a cheap bat in the lineup. You know, realistically, if he give them four or 500 at-bats, he can probably hit you 20, 25 home runs and, and you know, hit around 275 with a decent, you know, slugging percentage. So he seems like the guy, you know, we are a little bit more endeared to him just because he's a friend of the show. He's been on the podcast before. We've spoken to him, spoken to his wife. Um, but realistically, you know, he might go the way of a, of a Scott Shebler and, and guys like that who 
just didn't have quite enough to stay on the roster, got pushed out a little bit, you know, and, and like I said, maybe he ends up going to another team and flourishing there. Uh, you know, the other day they just played the Reds and Kyle Farmer is going to be the opening day shortstop for the Reds. So who would have thought that uh, that would be something we'd be saying in 2022. So yeah, good. I mean, if he, if it is time for him to go, good luck to him. And if not, uh, and he wants to stick around, then, you know, the Dodgers will have him. But with Edwin Rios looking back to normal, just with, you know, the general roster, how, how it looks right now. And then, you know, Jake Lamb's been turning some heads, I guess, for some people here uh, in the in the, in the spring so far. So it just looks like, you know, it might be, you know, time up for Matt Beatty as a Dodger, but I expect him to have success somewhere else. Yeah, Matt Beatty can hit. Uh, I am interested to see if he does get a starting job somewhere, uh, how he does against lefties. That's something that he's never really gotten much chance with the Dodgers. He hasn't been very successful in the chances he has gotten, but you know, he wasn't, you know, Jock Peterson got a year and a half of playing every day before he finally proved to the Dodgers and convinced them, no, this guy really can't hit lefties, you know, and uh, other guys, you know, Cody Bellinger has had his ups and downs against lefties. Uh, I remember in 2018, he really struggled against lefties, but he's been really good uh, most of the rest of his career. Beatty never really got that chance. He wasn't quite the heralded prospect that that Jock and, and Cody were. And so, you know, like you said, the A's, we know they just traded their first baseman to the Braves. And so they have an opening. They have several openings on their roster, whether it's a DH or a first baseman or whatever. Uh, that's the kind of team that, that you'd love to see Matt Beatty catch on with and just, you know, a team that isn't too worried about success this year. So they can say, you know what, we're going to see what Matt Beatty can be. We're going to give him a bunch of at-bats because especially because a guy like that, if he does get a chance and he, he does well, that's somebody the A's could then trade at the trade deadline, you know, to a contender who has a first base and go down with injury or whatever it is, you can, uh, you can make those trades. And so Beatty seems like a prime opportunity for a team that, that is not necessarily looking at the postseason this year, but uh, needs somebody to play first base. And, uh, you know, I, I, like you said, we like Matt Beatty a lot, having, having been a guest on the show and, all that. Uh, but also I just like him as a hitter. I think he's a really good hitter and, and I hope that he gets a chance to show that somewhere. And ultimately, while I'm not surprised that it won't be with the Dodgers, I am a little bit bummed. Yeah. Um, it was funny seeing some of more inside uh, Dodgers Twitter kind of saying, Oh, you know, Dave Roberts is happy, you know, and obviously Dave Roberts isn't happy, but we know, all know that it hasn't it's been a an interesting uh thing with Matt Beatty just in terms of playing time and everything else. But like I said, if he sticks around, that'd be cool. But if not, I hope he goes somewhere and gets to, to play a lot in terms of you know what that means. Obviously now Hanser Alberto's on the roster. I would imagine he would be ready to go and get into some games soon and be ready for opening day now that he'll have two weeks to, to do so. Uh like I mentioned yesterday, they'll have the twenty eight man roster for the first month. So they won't have to make any as tough decisions as, as this one, maybe, but uh, more decisions are probably coming here in the next few weeks. Yeah. And Dave Roberts did say that Hanser Alberto is likely to get into a game in the next day or two. So uh, it seems like probably the visa issues didn't necessarily delay his uh, development or, or, you know, preparations for the season. So, uh, you know, we had talked in the last few days about the possibility of his delay, keeping him off the opening day roster now with him in camp and the expanded roster seems likely that he will be one of those right-handed bats off the bench. Uh, yeah. So that, that, 
I, I, I've never watched Hanzo Alberto play a baseball game because he's played for teams that I have no interest in watching. And so uh, I'm excited to see what he can do in the next couple of days. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I've probably seen him in that bat maybe randomly, but no, 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 nothing memorable. Never on purpose. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, Clayton Kershaw maybe is going to try to throw more changeups this year. We're going to talk about that first. Let's talk about Bet Online because it's that time of year again, and college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. And BetOnline.net has you all has you covered for all the latest odds, contests, and player props. They're your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline.net is the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news. Anything you could need in sports or betting, BetOnline has you covered. Not just basketball. They're your continued source for all your sports wagering needs. Uh, information, live betting, favorite Vegas casino games. I got a bunch of stuff on there. Go check it out. Head to the website and laptop mobile device. Learn all about the trends. Learn all about the action. Learn all about bet online. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. We appreciate it. We'd also appreciate it if you checked out Lockdown MLB Prospects with host Lindsey Crosby. He knows his prospects and he's going deep on the MLB Stars of Tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, so Clayton Kershaw started his second game of the spring on Wednesday, went a little bit deeper than he did the last time, looked really good in the first inning, uh, had, you know, maybe was working on stuff in the second inning, did, you know, gave a couple runs, uh, gotten out in the third inning, and then that was it. Uh, but the biggest development, other than him not saying that he was bad, he said it, it was better, you know, he's very hard on himself, uh, was that he said he's always had changeup envy, that he threw a few changeups in that game that were good. And uh, I forget what the last part of exactly what he said, but uh, that he wants to continue to throw more. I would imagine that was kind of what the last part was. Yeah. And we've known all along, you know, for several years that Clayton Kershaw wants to have a changeup. And as his fastball, fastball velocity has decreased, uh, the importance of adding a changeup has gone up and up because, uh, you know, his slider now is almost the same speed as his fastball, which can make the slider slightly less effective. And so having another off-speed pitch, he's got a great slider and a great curveball. And uh, at times he still has a productive fastball, but it's not what it used to be. And so adding another off-speed pitch really would be huge. And it's always been kind of baffling that a guy like Clayton Kershaw, who has done everything you can do on the mound, has never been able to develop a changeup. And it, it kind of just goes to show how hard pitching is uh, that you have guys you know, you have guys who make it to the big leagues, have great stuff and end up in the bullpen because they couldn't develop even a second pitch. Sometimes, you know, Mariano Rivera was a hall of famer with just one pitch. And uh, we saw Kenley Jansen, who used to be basically Mariano Rivera part two, just throwing that cutter. And, uh, and then as his velocity went down, he had to add those secondary pitches. Uh, but it's always so weird to me that these pitchers who obviously Clayton Kershaw has forgotten more about pitching than I'll ever know. And yet he's never been able to develop a, a changeup. But uh, there were reports today that maybe this grip that he's trying now might be the one. And obviously nobody wants to get too excited right now, but it seems like Clayton Kershaw might have a changeup finally. And even if it can just be an average changeup, just one more thing to put in the hitters' minds would be huge. And uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, I, I don't know, it's, Obviously, my first wish for Clayton Kershaw would be for the 97-mile-an-hour fastball to come back. Uh, but my second wish would be a, a good changeup. Yeah, and it was tough. So I, I watched most of his outing, and 
I did notice a couple pitches that, you know, they didn't stand out as changeups, but they didn't necessarily look like fastballs. Uh, it's hard to tell with Sportsnet during the spring because they don't have the velocity on there, so we couldn't really exactly tell. But I think one of the strike, one of the strikeouts he had, I, I want to say, it was on the changeup because it definitely didn't look like a fastball. And yeah, like I said, it's just a, it doesn't have to be a, the greatest changeup ever. And you know, when it comes to Kershaw, we don't know if maybe he probably has a decent changeup, but it's not up to his standards or at least hasn't been in the past. And maybe that's why he's left it alone and never really touched it. Obviously the other part too, is he hasn't really needed it so far. I always thought he was doing the long con where once the Dodgers did make the world series, he was going to bring out the, uh, some nasty change up and you know, that's how it was going to work out. It didn't quite work out that way, but maybe that's what it, you know, maybe it was a long con. Maybe now he's going to throw that change up in there and, you know, maybe it is above average just to him. It's not quite where he wants it to be, but like you said, it's just a matter of something different, something to add into the mind because, you know, guys can sit a little bit more on a fastball from Kershaw because it's not as fast. Uh, obviously, his fastball and his slider come out the same and look the same up until right around the plate, which is why Kershaw's slider is still so valuable. But if they can be up there in a one-two count and now you're thinking, well, there might be a slider, it could be a big curve, it could be a changeup, or you could be a well-placed fastball that's not that fast, but – if you're just thinking it, three of those other things, that will place fastball, even if it's 89, 90, is going to look really fast to you. So it's just a matter of, you know, as we saw Jansen have to make adjustments as he got older and kind of lost the velocity, lost a little bit of the cut. Uh, we've seen other guys, you know, Zach Granke's done a really good job of adjusting himself and, you know, becoming an effective pitcher in his later years. And while Kershaw's maybe might be a little bit faster than we thought in terms of how fast his velocity dropped. He's been able to still be a good pitcher. And if he can add this part and, and remain healthy, then, you know, he might stick around for a few more years than we thought. Yeah, it would be nice for him to finally have all the pitchers that he, all the pitches that he considers throwing in that Hankook Tires commercial. You know, yeah. that's what that's what he needs. He he thinks about a change up there. But, yeah, you know, when we're talking about the, those other guys you mentioned, uh, you know, Clayton Kershaw just turned 34 last week. He's not old. And lots of guys pitch – deep into their thirties or even in their forties. And, you know, we've spent the last couple of years talking about Clayton Kershaw, like he's near the end of his career. And he might be, you know, that we, we talked this all this last off season about the possibility of retirement. We didn't necessarily think that was going to happen, but it seemed like a possibility. And, and normally, and maybe it's just because we're the franchise of Sandy Koufax and, and there's so many parallels between Kershaw and Koufax already that we've just kind of accepted the fact that he's going to retire young. Uh, maybe it's the, the family man thing that we know that he wants to be around for his kids and stuff. But I think there's a, there's a big part of me that thinks that, uh, you know, whatever his youngest kid's name is, let's see, there's Kelly and then Charlie and then Cooper. And then what's the new one's name? Chance. Chance. Is that it? I'm not sure, but Chase I want to see one of those. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it seems like you, you could picture Kershaw wanting to pitch at least long enough for that kid to remember, you know, to have memories of daddy playing baseball. And that would mean another four or five years probably. Uh, and a changeup would go a long way to making that happen. You know, Kershaw, if he can add that pitch and, and just kind of maintain the velocity, uh, it's easy to see him being a productive and good pitcher into his late thirties, which is something that, uh, you know, maybe we don't give him enough credit often about that possibility. 
Yeah, I'm, uh, I believe Dylan Hernandez had an article talking to Kurt Shaw the other day, kind of not in that similar realm of, you know, you you did kind of age faster than maybe most people do. You know, Max Scherzer's still throwing high 90s, and he's going to be into his 40s after this contract. You know, Kershaw's velocity dropped. He's still been an effective pitcher. Uh, but it went back to did the Dodgers overwork him, you know, early on in his career. And there was one, it said former staffer. I don't know, you know, obviously that could be a lot of different things. But he said we ran him into the ground. You know, Kershaw said that maybe – that was possible that, you know, maybe he did overwork a little bit in the beginning. He said he wouldn't change a thing other than the fact that he wished he could have pitched better in some of those games where he did have to go on three days rest, you know, after a season in which he was throwing 200 plus innings. So yeah, it's just, you know, we, we've, he's been a guy that we've counted on for so long. He's been a guy that was the man for so long. And then, you know, kind of took a step back and has still been effective. I mean, we have yet to see an ineffective Clayton Kershaw to this point. You know, even last year, which was, you know, might have been his worst year, he was still a 3 2 5 ERA in, in the, in, you know, in the NOS and the National League. So it, it's a matter of he he's still effective. So if he can add one more thing to his repertoire, it, it, it enforces that and enforces him to, you know, think a little bit differently as well, pitching wise, sequencing and everything else. And yeah, like you said, he could pitch into a few more years. And I think with him, I think it's the big thing is health. If he can stay healthy, that's the biggest part of it, obviously. But I don't think he wants to retire early. You know, I think his kids are all young enough to where it's not that big a deal yet. He had them all young enough to where, you know, even if he plays five more years, uh, the oldest daughter is still going to be like probably preteen. So there, there's not too much that he's going to be missing out on. They live in L.A. They spend the season together for the most part. So yeah, let's hope that he can stay healthy, hope that he has a change-up, and hope that we get at least, you know, four or five years more out of Kershaw. Yeah, that would be great. Kelly just turned seven, which I, I know only because this is a fun story. I'll tell it. I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before. Uh, on September 27th, 2014, uh, I remember the date because it was my wife's grandpa's funeral. And uh, after the funeral, we were over at my in-law's house, just kind of family gathering, Um and I was just playing on my phone as I do at family gatherings. And I saw on Twitter uh, the news that Ellen was pregnant with their first kid. And uh, I, I turned to my son, Logan, who at the time was 2014. So he would have been seven. I said, hey, Logan, guess who's pregnant? No hints at all. Guess who's pregnant? His first guess was Aunt Kelly, who had just had a baby nine, day, nine days earlier. And I said, no, not her. And then he thought about it. And his second guess, he's hmm. Ellen Kershaw? Like, yes, Ellen Kershaw. So that's how I remember when that Callie was born in early 2015 because it was the day of Grandpa Bacher's funeral that I found out that Ellen was pregnant. So uh, so that's how I know how old Callie Kershaw is, uh, in case you're wondering how my weird brain works. Yeah, if you, if you ever go on a weird version of, of who wants to be a millionaire, you can be like the slumdog millionaire. You can be the snidog millionaire. I also know that the first time I ever heard, or the first time my son ever heard Elvira by the Oak Ridge boys was the day that Rich Hill threw seven perfect innings in Miami. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we need to get, we need the Snide Dog Millionaire to happen now. Um, but we're going to move on and we're going to talk about Miguel Vargas now, who hit a bomb off Shane Bieber, who was a Cy Young winner a couple years ago. He's a guy that's shot up prospects, charts this last season into this off season. Uh, he's a guy that has made some noise. He's a guy that you talked about with Keith law a little bit uh, when you talked with him and he's a guy who's 
you know, not to take overreact in the spring, but just from all we've read, from all the prospect lists he's on, from all we've seen and from what we've seen just swing-wise, a guy that might end up helping out the Dodgers in 2022 uh, instead of, you know, 2023 and beyond. Yeah, and that's a good point you make, and maybe we need to, do need to make a little distinction. The difference between taking spring training results too seriously and being excited about Miguel Vargas because Miguel Vargas, those of us who uh, pay attention to Dodgers prospects is a guy we've been excited about for a while, especially the last year. Or so as his hitting has just continued to improve and improve. And, you know, when I was talking to Keith a couple weeks ago, basically what he said was Miguel Vargas is a major league hitter right now. The question is, can he play defense? And, you know, the reason that he was all the way up at, at, number four on, on Keith's Dodgers prospect list is because there's a chance at this point that Vargas might be able to stick at third base. Uh, the reason he's not higher than four is because it's not a great chance that he's going to stick at third base. Uh, defensively, you know, and even Vargas uh, today after the game, they asked him uh, what position he's most comfortable with or whatever, and he said, I'm most comfortable getting four at-bats a game. Uh, kind of like the old, uh, who, who was it? I told the story with Matt Beatty. I can't remember who it was, but uh, – uh, the, his first day in college, uh, they, they were having all the, the freshmen introduce themselves, say your name and what position you play. And uh, whoever it was um, is going to come to me. But he, he introduced himself, said his name, and then said, my position is left-handed batter's box. And, uh, you know, that's Vargas. Right-handed batter's box is his position, and anything else is a bonus. Well, the fact is there's a DH in the National League now. So, you actually can have a guy whose position is right-handed batter's box. The Dodgers aren't likely to use a DH in that way all the time, but it does open up the possibility for a guy like Vargas to be a big contributor, uh, you know, play some occasional third base, some occasional first base. Keith Law said they've they've also tried him at some second base uh, after the success they saw with Michael Bush. It's not a move that any team ever does, taking a, a corner infielder and turning him into a second baseman especially a first baseman into a second baseman like they do with Michael Bush. Uh, but they, they seem like they might like that idea with Vargas too. And, uh, but if they can just find somewhere for him to play by all accounts, everybody who's seen him a lot and we've only seen him a few times now, but everybody who's seen him a lot is not at all surprised at what we've seen the last few days from Miguel Vargas in spring training. Yeah, exactly. The, the hype from market from Vargas isn't coming from this one home run off Shane Bieber. It's coming uh It's that, coming off the season he had last year, coming off him being a top 100 prospect in almost every prospect rankings, him, you know, having these guys that are scouts or have talked to scouts or whatever the case, you know, praising him and his hitting. That's where all the hype comes from. And then on top of that, if he, you know, does well in the spring, it's not going to be the worst thing. And for him specifically, it's he's very similar to Michael Bush in the sense that, you know, Keith Lawson, that they're both, kind of major league ready hitters at this point or, or close enough, uh, but not maybe not necessarily major league ready defenders. Uh, maybe Michael Bush a little bit more second base. They said he's done well over there. You know, Vargas is still kind of in between. And, you know, it's a matter of we talked – I mean, we just talked about this the last couple of weeks of the Dodgers being very left-handed heavy. You know, obviously they, they were going to lose one with Matt Beatty. Um, Hanser Alberto is not a guy that's going to bring any power. You know, he's more of a contact and doubles hitter type guy. They don't necessarily have a right-handed power bat at the moment. 
unless someone is sitting because of whatever, you know, unless Pollock is sitting or someone sitting for a day off. So in, you know, in theory, it would open up a spot for Miguel Vargas at some point down the line, if they needed a right-handed power bat that they wanted to bring late in the game or like to, you know, like I said, to spell somebody or in the case of, you know, I, I talked about this a little bit yesterday of in the case of last year, we saw the Dodgers weren't equipped to, fill needs from the minor leagues. We had, we saw Zach Rex come up, you know, didn't, didn't quite do it. We saw Luke Grayley come up, you know, didn't quite do it. Now Luke Grayley's gone. Zach Rex is gone. You know, they, they picked up guys off DFAs or, or whatever the case and Billy McKinney and Steven Souza. I, I don't remember if he was a DFA thing might've been a minor league deal, but either way, you know, guys that were getting at bats throughout the season that weren't necessarily major league hitters or, or at least not in the, in the spots that the Dodgers were forced to put them in. So now you're going to get guys coming up, you know, Michael Bush's guy, if they need a, if somebody gets hurt and they need somebody from the left side or to play, you know, middle, second base, first base, they got a guy. If they need somebody from the right side to do that, they got Miguel Vargas. And I think this year, you know, hopefully there's no injuries, but if there are injuries, the Dodgers are better equipped this year because of guys like Miguel Vargas that you now climbed the ranks, done the work and seem ready to go. Yeah. And the fact is there are guys on the Dodgers, you know, the Dodgers are going to have injuries this year. And uh, Justin Turner seems like a likely candidate to miss sometime just because of his age, you know, and, and for that matter, his injury history, you know, he's got some history of leg issues, you know, wouldn't be surprising at all to see Justin Turner have a couple short ish stints on the injured list this year. Uh, and, the, the question for Miguel Vargas would be because he's not currently on the 40 man roster, you know, is he the guy they call up in that spot or do they go with a, you know, a Jake lamb or, or something like that. Uh, but, you know, obviously it seems like Vargas is the most equipped to actually help the team. If they, if he's forced into playing time, uh, regardless of how well lamb has done so far in the spring, I, I'm going to need to see a lot more of that before I'm really sold on Jake lamb. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, Vargas is exciting and it seems likely that he's going to get some chances this year. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny to, to bring it up his name with DJ Peters. Cause we had mentioned DJ Peters, you know, the last couple of years before this of being a guy that could come up, maybe hit 15, 20 home runs in an extended stint, just because, you know, when you first come up, your guys don't know you, you might get a little bit more fastballs or, you know, you, they might try to sneak stuff by you that, that you wouldn't necessarily get away with and they're not attacking you as hard, and maybe you can get away with it. Now you kind of chance It didn't really – I mean, it kind of worked for DJ Peters when he went to the Rangers, not really with the Dodgers. Uh, but now, you know, with Vargas, he's more of a prospect than any of the guys I've already mentioned in terms of Rex, in terms of Rayleigh, in terms of, you know, DJ Peters. Those guys were all, you know, never big prospects. They were always maybe four quad A top guys where Miguel Vargas is projected to be, you know, a starter at some point in the major leagues. And, you know, he's a guy that in, in theory should be able to hit major league pitching uh, better than everyone else that I mentioned. And a guy that, yeah, that plus the fact that, like I said, he might get more fastballs. He might not get pitchers going as deep into the arsenal against them. You know, that could help out here in, in, the, in the rookie season. So, like you mentioned, Jake Lamb, I'm not sold on it regardless of, I mean, I don't even, I know he had a home run. I know he's done a couple other things, but, you know, it's like him and Kevin Pillar are the same guy to me where 
I prefer not to have to see them play for the Dodgers this year. Um, you know, unless something really went right with them or really went wrong with the team, that's the only way I can imagine seeing it. Uh, but a guy like Miguel Vargas, I'm definitely excited to see. And, and, and even Michael Bush, you know, extending it into him, those two guys who are seem to be major league ready uh, with the bat. And then, you know, the Dodgers can figure out ways to, to work around them on defense or just stick them at DH. Yeah. Lamb did have three hits in Wednesday's game. Uh, he's looked good. Uh, you know, it's, I'm just going to have to see more of it to believe it. But yeah, my main takeaway from Miguel Vargas is that he's not uh, Cody Thomas or Jake Peter or any of those other guys, you know, Cody Thomas was traded within months of, of being the, the spring training golden boy. Jake Peter is out of baseball now. He's working for a college now after, you know, do you remember the, the Jake Peter week when people yeah, were so excited about Jake Peter? He yeah. hit homers in two or three games in a row. And uh, yeah, it was Jake Peter and uh, never made the big leagues with the Dodgers. And uh, now he's out of baseball. So Miguel Vargas is not those guys. He actually is a legit big leaguer coming up. And uh, it's just a matter of figuring out when and where. Yeah. And I think we're, like I mentioned, we're at the point where the Dodgers last year, like maybe, you know, last year was a little bit of a down year in terms of guys they had come up just because they had a bunch of young guys. Now those young guys are all progressing. You know, you got guys like, like Bush and, and Vargas, I might be ready for this year. You got guys like Cartaya and uh, Andy Pajes and a couple others that might be ready for 2023 and beyond. So uh, the Dodgers spot, they're in a good spot right now. And then, you know, if they have to trade for somebody at the deadline or, or during the season, you know, they have enough depth now again that, you know, it, it's, it's back to itself sustaining, uh, you know, self-sustaining self of, of them being able to keep calling guys up and guys filling in roles. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, that's all we have, Jeff. Do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, no, just if you're watching on YouTube, you may notice my different backdrop today. I'm coming at you guys today and tomorrow from an Airbnb in St. George, Utah. Drove all day on Wednesday or all afternoon, evening, I guess. Uh, my son has a baseball tournament here the next couple of days. So, uh, I'm sitting on an uncomfortable stool at a kitchen island right now. But uh, you know what? It's the things we do to keep bring Locked On Dodgers every single day. And also, Vince, today uh, or tomorrow will be our anniversary, three years since we switched to going daily and being Locked On Dodgers instead of the Scully Avenue podcast. Three years, we've never missed a weekday. So uh, I'm pretty proud of us, man. Yeah, we've, we've done it. We've patched it together. We've made it work and we'll continue to do so every weekday morning. Thank you all for listening. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. We'll be back tomorrow talking about the next batch of things that happen in the spring. Uh, I know Dave Roberts said some roster cuts might be coming, so we'll talk about that if that happens. We'll talk about whoever's on the mound, whoever's at the play, whoever stands out. Uh, if you need something else to listen to, make sure to check out Lockdown MLB with Sully. Paul Francis Sullivan. He brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. Also free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can find us on wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube at Locked on Dodgers. You can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Dodgers. DMs are open on both of those accounts. DMs are also open on our personal accounts. Jeff is at Snydog and I'm at Vince Samperio. You can always send us an email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. Or you can always give us a call, leave us a voicemail, or send us a text at 323-863-LOCK. That's 5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car. If you're at home, text my device play podcast, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.